You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Thank you, Brother Peter, for the introduction. I just can't help but remember an introduction that was made in Europe. There was a church who invited a guest speaker, and the guest speaker came from Germany. And the introduction went like this. Brothers and sisters, families, friends, and visitors, our guest speaker came from Germany. He is a true, genuine German shepherd. (laughs) Everybody was quiet. Then a young kid at the back said, is he going to bite? <laughs> no, my friends, nobody is going to bite today. However, in the preaching of the gospel, the gospel will convict us, and it will judge us. And at the end, it will bring life everlasting, and... Uh, Blessings as well. So please bear with us. The, uh, the message that I will share with you is found in Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 20. Let us all rise and give reverence to the reading of his word. I will read from verse 8 to 12. It's up there from the New King James Version. And when the color changes, it is your part to read. And then we will read all together. Acts chapter 14, verse 8 to 20. Verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. All observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up, straighten on your feet, and he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Your turn. All together in verse 18 to 20. Verse 18. And with this saying, they could scarcely refrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. Having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city, And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. May the good Lord add the blessing in the reading of his word. Shall we all bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we come to you today thankful that our hearts are inclined to worship you and to seek you in will in all your ways. We pray, Father, 
that we might give ourselves completely dedicating our hearts to your honor and glory to the proclamation of the good news, the gospel of salvation. Brother, we, Father, we pray that you will be with us, even your spirit, to be in our midst, to guide us and give us the light that we need, Lord, so that we will understand and comprehend the teachings of your word. Bless us, Lord. Be with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, please. Paul and Barnabas are Christianity's foremost missionaries to the Gentiles. And the book of Acts records the exploits of these missionaries. It also records their struggles, persecutions, sacrifices to take the gospel from Jerusalem to all Judea and Samaria and to the last outpost of the Roman Empire and on to the ends of the earth. So uh, this, is a, this, this is a reflection of the mandate that was given to the church in Acts 1.8. So Acts tells us that the gospel moved on beyond all the territories known to man. And uh, with doing this, they crossed the frontiers, crossing barriers of race, geography, uh, politics, languages, and most especially the race barrier. They cross all of this. And uh, they, they even reach, according to Acts chapter 16, they turned the world upside down, bringing the gospel. Uh, maybe you already have studies in the previous studies in the book of Acts. We see the start of the missionary journey, the first start of the missionary journey. Um, these missionary journeys were divided into three phases. The first phase is the work done in Jerusalem, in the upper room, when the believers gathered together. We see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. What were they doing? They were praying. This was the 10-day wait in prayer. 10 days prayer meeting to wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. It is amazing that nowadays our prayer meetings in the churches is the weakest ministry. You will find out there are nine Ten prayer warriors all the time. And uh, if you look at the percentage of the, the number of the believers in the church, maybe it's just a few percentage, 5%, 10%, maybe, not even. So there was that prayer meeting, 10 days, 10 day wait for the Holy Spirit. And uh, the second phase, my friends, unfolded when the church elected seven deacons. And we see this in Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. If the Lord Jesus had a Judas Iscariot, the New Testament church had Nicholas one of the deacons, the founder of the Nicolaitans, a, a heretical sect that the Apostle Paul was berating in his church planting mission. And the third phase of which we are going to concentrate on our studies is when Paul and Barnabas and his associates traveled going west in Asia Minor and there they were rejected by the Jews. We see that in Acts chapter 13, the previous chapter. And uh, this is where the concentration of our study will be. Now, now uh, in my own experience in bringing the gospel, especially if you go to the Middle East, 
as a missionary, they have a law that every believer must remember. You might be, some of you might be traveling a lot. In the Middle East, there is a law which is called Sharia law. It tells us, it tells everybody that government and religion are one. And the only legal religion is Islam. The one God they worship is Allah. And they have the prophet Muhammad, the counterpart of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to them. So uh, we have to be very careful on this because we will discuss some of the things that have something to do with that. Today, my friends, we are going to dwell on three emphases of study. Number one is proclaiming the message of the gospel. Uh, this is not new to you, but uh, there are things that we should study about this. Second is the opposition to the gospel message. There is always an opposition. And number three is the miracles, signs, and wonders which takes place every time the gospel is being preached. There are those who are also preaching this. So we go to the first. The first is the proclamation or proclaiming the message of the gospel. Now, when we proclaim the gospel, there might be a question. This question is very, very important for the 21st century Christian to know. Now, the question is, what is the gospel? Somebody, some Christians will say, oh, the gospel is the message. Oh, the gospel is the good news. Yeah? What is the good news? The gospel. You know, uh, there are things that we should know about the gospel when we preach it, the introduction to it. There are four major parts that are very, very important to remember in the preaching of the gospel. Number one is the life, birth, and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is very, very important if a believer is to go and make disciples and witness for Christ, he must know the four major parts of the gospel. This is a must for all of us, especially a 21st century Christian. So the first is the life, birth, and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why is this so important? The importance of this is if we will look back to the Old Testament, we will see the prophecy. We will read and know the prophecy of the Messiah, the anointed one who is to come. And it was fulfilled in the New Testament in the arrival, in the birth, life, and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This is very, very important. Why? Because if the Messiah did not come, who will save you? Who will save me? No one is going to save me. He has to come as a man, 100% human. The God-man Jesus. That is number one on the, up there. Please, uh, would you bring it up? So, uh, the second is the crucifixion, death, and burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this important? Sometimes we look at the cross, and we see a cross. We do not see the significance of the cross. The significance of the cross, my friends, is the substitutionary death of the man who was hanged there, the God-man Jesus. It also tells us, I was supposed to be crucified, but someone came and snatched me 
from that predicament and took my place. He was crucified for my sin. So, the crucifixion is so important. His death and his burial. He, death, he died to the flesh. He was buried for three days to show and answer man's ancient complaint in Job chapter 9. If you have read that, Job made a complaint and said, God is not a man. He is too far from me. And there is a gap between us. I could not reach him. He doesn't know what is happening to me and why I am suffering. He, does, he doesn't know the pain. God answered that complaint. And he answered that in deed and in word. We will read John chapter 1, the prologue of the book of John, from verse 1 to 14. It tells us who that man is, who God is, and he answered man's ancient complaint. He died with all the pain and sufferings of a man. Being crucified in the cross is the highest penalty to go against the government and the, and the, uh, the Roman Empire. That is the highest. And uh, he experienced that. Isaiah 53 and 54 will tell us the sacrifices on the cross, the pain on the cross. If you will read that. It was prophesied and it was fulfilled. Now the third, first we, 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 we have to understand that the third part, major part of the gospel is the most important part. And that part is the resurrection. The Apostle Paul said, without the resurrection, we are still in our sin. Without the resurrection, we will die in our sin. The resurrection, my friends, fulfilled who Jesus is. The God-man Jesus who died for the sins of man and who promised eternal life. John 3.16, all these kids will know what John 3.16 means. It means eternal life for whoever, whosoever will believe. Whosoever, my friends, is our response to the invitation to join him. That is man's response to God's plan of salvation for all of us. If you did not receive Christ as Lord and Savior yet, you are playing with your eternal destiny in your hands. And man's hands, they are not steady. One day it's going to tremble and your eternal life is playing with your hands too by not receiving him as Lord and Savior. Going to church will not save you. It will not save us. Praying every day will not save us. Giving your tithes and offerings will not save us. It will not. If you will read John chapter 3, verse 3 to 7, the Lord Jesus said to a fly-by-night Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus coined out, or coined up beautiful words for the Messiah. He said, you are a man of God. With all your teachings, it is something else. I never heard those. And the Lord Jesus looked at him intently and somewhat answered him sarcastically. And said, Nicodemus, I know what you need. You must be born again. Those words are also for all of us. If you have not received Christ as Lord and Savior, deal with it now. I will tell you later why. 
So, my friends, the fourth is the ascension. The ascent, will you please bring up the third? Uh, the ascension is so important. If there is no ascension, there is no dissension. Okay? The reason why he has to go to the Father, according to John chapter 14, he will prepare a place for us. If it were not so, I should have told you. That's what he said. I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come back, and I will take you with me, so that wherever I am, there you may be also. That is what God wants us to be, where we are to be, to be with him forever. He has to go, prepare that place for us. And if he is to go, the Holy Spirit will descend to dwell in the church to all believers. Why? Why is it so important? So that the church will be empowered to go beyond, take the gospel with them. That is the importance of the ascension. You know who our enemies are. We are against principalities and powers. We are against the prince of the air. We are against uh, powers in high places. You cannot beat those without him. We cannot be victorious without the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, no, 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 don't, don't go, don't go beyond, don't, don't witness. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father so that you will be endued with power. And also in, in Matthew 16, 18, the Lord Jesus said that the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. Why? Because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the church. We cannot beat the, the enemy with just our own power. We need the Holy Spirit. So, the, the ascension took place, and he became also the head of the church with all the powers from on high. And he will return as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. That is the most important parts of the gospel. Now, remember, these four important parts of the gospel message, these four messages, parts, this is where everything lies. Without these four major parts, Christianity falls. So with these four parts, Christianity stands and falls. You cannot take the life of the Lord Jesus out and the rest you will preach. No. Who, who, will, who will save us? Without his life, without the Messiah. The resurrection taken out like other uh, religions are saying, he is just a man. No. He was resurrected. He proved all the the, the words that he said about eternal life. And by the way, resurrection, the resurrection separates Christianity from all other religions of the world. Why? Because we worship a true and living God who lives forevermore. Why should I go to Muhammad? Why should I go to the, to the idols who in our country are Catholic friends? The idols are too many. You can find idols everywhere. Too many idols. This man, there is only one who have died and proved that there is life after death. Hebrews 9.27 says, as it is appointed unto man, wants to die, we are going to die. This body is not going to enter 
the kingdom of God. This is tainted with sin. Tainted with everything the world has. But the body that he will give, a glorified body, that is the body that will enter his kingdom. That is the reason why it is very, very important for us to be saved, be born again, receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Deal with it. You cannot, you know, there is no instant salvation nowadays. It only happened once. Do you know when? At the cross at Calvary. There was a thief on the right hand side of the Lord Jesus who acknowledged Christ as the Son of God. He acknowledged that he is the Messiah. And the Lord Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That is the only instance of salvation that was given right away. This man did not attend church. This man was not baptized. This man did not give his tithes. All he did was crying all over. But he was saved. He was saved because he acknowledged the Son of God. Acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. Receive him. That is the key. Good works will not open the kingdom, the door of the kingdom of God. Good works. Forget about it. It is only by receiving him. Receive him now. That is the time. Do it and and deal with it. No one can do it for us. Now, uh, the next, my friends, is let us see why. Why uh, um, many people in the preaching of our gospel, we will see that there are records of God's dealing with man. God deals with man's eternal destiny every 2,000 years. Do you know that? Approximately. Now, uh, this is the record. Number one, you will read and study, if you will read the Old Testament, go to the book of Genesis. This is the first record of God's dealing with mankind the first 2,000 years. The Lord Jesus, God, Jehovah Yahweh, looked down on earth. He saw the wickedness of man. Okay? They're very wicked. Man did what is good in his sight. So he saw that. So what did he do? He called Noah. Noah, build an ark. Because I'm going to destroy mankind because of his wickedness. And the rains came. Then the flood came. No one was saved. Except Noah and his family. God destroyed everything. Noah's ark tells us that when the door of the ark was shut, no one was saved. That tells us also that salvation is not forever. When Christ returns, read Matthew 24, when the end of time comes, salvation is not going to be offered except you enter the the seven-year tribulation period. There will be no more salvation for man. He will come to take his bride, his church away into his kingdom. And the church, we will receive our rewards while the tribulation period is going on on earth. Hardships and uncertainties which man has never experienced is going to happen. So, receive him. Don't enter the seven-year tribulation period. You might make a mistake. The only way to be saved in the tribulation period is not accepting or receiving the sign of the beast. 666. Okay? The second is... 
another 2,000 years, this is the time when he looked down on earth again. He saw that man needs to be saved. Man needs to be blessed. So he called Abram. Abram, get out of your father's house. Your father is an idol uh, worshiper. Terah is an idol worshiper. Get out of there. Go to a place where I will tell you to be, and there I will bless you. This we read in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. It is called the Abrahamic covenant. God obligated himself to bless man. And he said to Abraham, those who will curse you, I will curse. Those who will bless you, I will bless them. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And there is only one response that Abraham should make. Be in obedience. Obedience to God's word. God's word is be saved. God's word is be born again. I could not overemphasize on that because that is the most important thing that we have to make, a decision to make. Now, we are going to give you a chance to receive Christ as Lord and Savior after this message. Now, the third dealing of, man, of God to man is he saw man is not going to be saved. They will all be judged. So he looked down on earth. He saw the apostles. Ah, there's no qualified sacrificial lamb for me there with the ranks of the apostles. He looked at the ranks of the prophets. No one is qualified. He looked at his side in heaven. My son. So his son go down there. Be my sacrificial lamb for the sins of the world. So the son of man died on the cross for the sins of the world. From Abraham to Christ was 2,000 years. And if the Lord, our God, deals with man every 2,000 years, the next, my friends, is, you know, now is 2016, the the, the third one. What What are we expecting? The second coming of Christ. If God deals with man every 2,000 years, today is 2016. It is 16 years overdue. That means to say, what does it mean? It means any time, any time the Messiah will come back, he will take his bride away. He will take the church. That is the rapture of the church in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. Read that. It will encourage you. He will take his church away. If you did not receive him as Lord and Savior, I'm sorry to tell you. We are all living. You are staying behind. He is not coming for you because you did not receive him. Have you, have you seen the movie Left Behind? Who saw the movie Left Behind? Ooh. See? Don't be that guy who was left behind. By the way, the, the, the guy who was left behind was a pastor. Right? I'm telling you not to be a pastor. <laughs> be a pastor, but make sure of your salvation. Don't forget that. Okay? So, we will, uh, we, we will see. If salvation is available right now, take advantage of it. Accept him now. Be born again now. Be saved. Everybody wants to be saved. Everybody doesn't even want to die, you know. But it was, it was said by God in his word. You should know that death is a gift. Don't be scared of death. Death is a gift. You know why? Because for the believer, death means graduation. 
you graduate to another life, a better life with Him. It is a gift, okay, for believers. But for those who did not believe and rejected Him, it is not a gift. It is a fear. It stings in your life. You don't want to hear about it. So, my friends, let's talk about the second emphasis, which is the opposition to the gospel. Every time the gospel is going to be preached, every time you are going to share the gospel, bring the good news to people, you must always know that there, are, there, will, be, <clears throat> there will be an opposition to the gospel. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 tells us, Peter said, there will be false prophets. If there will be false prophets, there will be false teachers. If there will be false teachers, very, very sure there will be false teachings. And these people thrive in the church. They want, Satan wants, God's people not to learn, not to know his commands, not to know the word of God. That is why they are bringing in all false teachings and false prophets and false teachers so that our minds and our heart will go astray, away from the word of God and the knowledge and wisdom of the word of God, which tells us to be saved. You know? And... uh, it is, it is uh, very, very uh, true also that there will be idols. There are idols, a lot of idols around and false beliefs. If you will draw a heart and then write your name there, you know, what is in your heart? Oh, it's a lot of idols. Beautiful house. Beautiful car. My boyfriend, my crush, this my crush, you know, okay? My parents, my grandchildren, I have a favorite, grandchildren, my son. Those are idols, including a beautiful car, you know? Uh, By the way, when the rapture takes place, those will amount to nothing. This church, if the rapture takes place and you stay behind, this church is yours. We'll give it to you. Including the brand new car of Pastor Peter, take it. You know, the old cars, don't mind it, never mind. There's a lot of brand new cars here, parked here. But we will go. That is so important. Be born again. Idols and false beliefs, the only way to counteract this, according to Peter, is the word of God. Don't go astray with this. I I know most of you are using your cell phone. You have a Bible there, right? Very convenient. Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but... My word by no means will pass away. So when the internet and all this power is gone, what do you have? Word of God, light a candle. You can read the word of God. Your cell phone is nothing. Just leave it behind, I'll take it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bring your Bible. This is one of your armor. The word of God. Bring it during worship service, young ones. Some people are very, you know, I don't want to say you're arrogant with the word of God, but it helps and pays to have your own Bible. Bring it during worship service, during studies, you know. Sometimes you'll open your, your turn on your your. Cell phone and, oh, there's no more power. 
and just listen. You know. But if you have your Bibles, power or not, you can participate and study. Okay? So bring your Bible, especially during worship service, so that you will know where Obadiah is. You know where Obadiah is? It's after Revelation. Yeah? Yes? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Bring your Bible. In, in, the, uh, in the Sunday school, you better sing the song, New Testament song. Do you know that song? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. Do you know that song? Sing it every Sunday school so that you will memorize all the books of the Bible, okay? But I don't want to be your Sunday school teacher. There's one here. (laughs) Okay, so the next is, my friends, trouble came to the Apostle Paul and his associates when they preached the gospel. There are people, spiritual leaders, Jews, from uh, other cities who came and created problems. That is very, very true with preaching the gospel. There will be problems. You will not... You should agree that all those who will hear the gospel will not listen to you, will not believe you. Same with all the apostles and the prophets and the disciples, especially in the New Testament church, the first century church. All of, most of them were martyred. And uh, it is very, very important to note that there will be trouble. Paul experienced this, he was stoned to death and left for dead. But by the power of God and those who are around him praying, he came back to life. What did he do? Preach the gospel again. Move on. And uh, there will always be a deliberate attempt to stop us. And through the centuries, people who were against the gospel burned the word of God. They found out that if they will burn 1,000 Bibles, the following day, 2,000 Bibles are printed. You burn 5,000 Bibles the following day, there will be 10,000 Bibles going around, being distributed. That is how powerful this word is. So there, here we have to understand that all kinds of attempts to stop us will be very, very present in the ministry of the believers, especially the preaching and sharing of the gospel. Amen? Amen. Then we go to the next, the signs, wonders, and miracles. The Apostle Paul saw a crippled sitting, and he looked intently intensely in the eyes of the crippled man and said, Amen. Get up on your feet. Walk. And he get up, walk, and maybe very happy, joyous, jumping around. When did he last walk? Never. So suddenly he walked and the people have mistaken Paul and Barnabas to be the gods of the ancient gods. Some of the ancient gods. And the preaching of the gospel continued until Paul was stoned to death. Now, signs, wonders, uh, and miracles will happen. That is what the Apostle Paul did. So, signs are miracles that conveys a lesson. It gives us a lesson. While wonders suggest that the miracle creates a sense of awe. This is what it means. Now, uh, the question here is, are miracles, signs, and wonders given to the church today? Nowadays, this is a practice. 
People will say, go to my church, go to our church. There are miracles, there are signs and wonders, you know. You have to be very careful with this. If you cannot perform miracles, you're dead. <laughs> People will crucify you, you know. The Lord Jesus is very, very clear with this. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Let us go there and read it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Let's read our Bibles. Bring your Bible next time. Okay? Now, Verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and have done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. We should remember that signs, wonders, and miracles were given to the disciples, the apostles, and the prophets to authenticate, to authenticate the message that God has given to his people. To authenticate that what I am preaching, what I am saying, what I am teaching is truth that came from God. The apostles, before they, they bring with them the apostles' doctrine, that means to say, first-hand teaching coming from Christ to the apostles. That is the apostles' doctrine that they were teaching. But signs and miracles and wonders is to authenticate the ministry of the disciples and the prophets. All of those. So, the question now is, how am I going to authenticate what I'm saying now? If you will read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, Paul said, When the perfect is come, okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians so that we can, we can, uh, we will, we will close in this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, here it is. In verse 9, Paul said, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. What is going to be done away? Knowledge, prophecy, and all those things, signs and wonders will cease when the perfect has come. That perfect will authenticate what we are preaching and what we are sharing. What is that perfect? If you will look at the gender of the word perfect, it is not masculine. It is not feminine. So it is not a person. It is not Christ. People are saying, especially Christians, oh, that is Christ. That's the perfect person. That's Christ. I know Christ is perfect, but the word that is being described here is not Christ. It is the word of God because Paul is saying, right now we have the parchments, the scrolls, and everything is not written here yet because the Bible is, the chapters of, and, and the verses of the Bible is still being written. So they don't have the complete picture of God's plan during that time. That's why Paul said, when the perfect is come, we will see all the parts. Very, very clear. That is going to authenticate the message of the gospel. When was the perfect, when did the perfect come, came? 96 AD, when John wrote Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19, the completion of scripture. 
96 AD. Now we have the Word of God that will authenticate all what we are saying and teaching. What we are preaching. We don't need miracles to authenticate what we are preaching. We don't need signs and wonders. But don't get me mistaken. God is still in the business of miracles, signs, and wonders. He can do that anytime, any place, anywhere. But miracles, signs, and wonders is not given to us to practice at will now. If anybody here can, can do miracles at will, amen, let, let me see. I have a back pain. Please remove it. You know? I have arthritis. Please. I would welcome you. But, it's not given to us anymore. It is not given to the church. But God can heal anytime. Can affect miracles anytime. Wonders anytime. I believe that because God is God. He is the most powerful human, uh, powerful deity on all the whole universe, I believe. But for us in the church, it is amazing there are a lot of those who are practicing this. And Matthew chapter 7, verse 23 is very important. When the time comes, I will tell them, I don't know you. When he said, I don't know you, it is very, very personal. Receiving Christ as Lord and Savior is very, very personal. Your pastors cannot receive Christ as Lord and Savior for you. Your parents cannot receive Christ as Lord and Savior for you to be saved. Not even your brothers and sisters in the faith. It is you personally. It is me. I have to do it myself to receive him. Do that now. After this service, we are going to give an invitation for anyone who have not received Christ as Lord and Savior yet. For anyone who wants to make sure. Maybe you have received Him as Lord and Savior before, but you forget and you know, you're not sure. Make it sure now. There is nothing wrong by making sure and doing it again so that you will really be sure that you have received Christ and Lord and Sa- as Lord and Savior and understand what salvation is all about. Amen? Let us, uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. That's all.